And today uh, the title is Our Purpose and Our Foundation. Uh, and our purpose is bearing fruit and our foundation is a foundation of love. And Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 uh, says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love. That is the first word in the fruit of the Spirit, the first aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And just want to reiterate, amen, the very first um, aspect of the fruit of the Spirit is love. It is a foundational thing, an element, component that we must have in our walk with the Lord. And that must be exemplified in the life of the believer. And then if you'd skip over in your Bible to John chapter 15, that is St. John or the Gospel of John chapter 15 and verse number 1. Amen. John chapter 15, verse number one says, I am the true vine. This is the red letter words, meaning that it is the words of Jesus that he spoke while he was here on earth. He said, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman or the the farmer, the, the caretaker of the land. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit or in the uh, agricultural sense there, there is a pruning of branches that allows for more fruit to to be upon that tree. And that is the process. That is one of the actions that Jesus takes. Amen. In our lives, there's sometimes a cutting that happens and it's not uh, a zero sum game. It's not a zero sum action, but there is. Uh, more productivity that happens in our lives as things are cut away from the hands of the Lord. Uh, He purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. So we begin to see from the, the scriptures this morning the purpose of the branches that is us as The church is to bear forth fruit uh, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. And then verse five, the last I want to read here of this passage of scripture, it says, I am the vine. Again, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit for without me, ye can do nothing. And the purpose that we see from John chapter 15 of abiding and staying connected to the Lord is a fruitfulness that happens in the body of Christ. We are not here as the church uh, to simply take up space and to receive, 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 receive. Uh, That is not the intent of the Lord uh, in our lives, but God has inherited Uh, God has an intended purpose in our lives and it begins with bearing or manifesting uh, the fruit of the spirit. It is uh, singular, the fruit of the spirit. And when the spirit of God gets to work in a person's life, all of these different aspects that we read in Galatians, love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, 
all of these components begin to be exemplified in the life of a child of God. Uh, and the foundational element of the fruit of the Spirit is love. Uh, manifesting the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, it is a lifetime process. And if you reflect back to, again, that agricultural sense of the word, uh, uh, the agricultural aspect of this teaching this morning, there is the first part of uh, getting fruit from a tree. The first part is there has to be a planting of seed in the ground. The first part, if there's ever going to be fruit in our lives, we've got to allow the seed of the word of God to be planted in our lives. And we've got to be able to receive the word of the Lord and to allow it to work in our lives. And there's got to be uh, following the planting of seed. There's got to be the nourishing of that seed. Uh, a few weeks ago, I, I'm still attempting to beautify my, uh, the, front, the front landscape of my house. And I bought a few more plants to kind of fill in the gaps. Uh, and I, I had to dig the hole and I had to put the, the, the boxwood shrub in the ground. And I had to make sure that all the right soil was around it so that it could begin to, to uh, the, the, the roots of that new plant could begin to move out into the ground. And it matters, amen, the, the soil around us, the environment around us. If there's ever going to be uh, a, a fruit tree that you put in the ground, you've got to make sure you're putting it in the right condition, the right elements, and you're, you're nourishing it and you're, you're watering it. And then you look forward to the day when the, the lemon tree begins to put, put out blossoms and blooms and, and you begin to see little lemons that begin to put uh, are upon the branches. And you know when, when you're enjoying that lemon that you see from the tree or that that peach from the tree, you know that this is something that I worked at. I, I planted this. I, 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 I toiled. I labored. And I, I did everything in my power to see the fruit on the tree. It takes intention. It takes purpose if you're going to see fruit in your life. Amen. It takes action on your part. There's, there's a planting and there's a nourishing and there's a cultivating. Uh, there's going to be times when you've got to say, you know what? I need a little bit extra boost to, to see this plant come up and to see the it grow healthy in, in this ground and you may add fertilizer you may add different things and you may prune and, and there, there's it's an active process of of that plant beginning to take root and to bear forth fruit and in our lives there's got to be an active there's got to be an active part there's got there's an active side of it on our part where we've got to engage and say with the help of the Holy Ghost, with the, the help of the people of God, amen, there's going to be fruit in my life. I'm going to bear forth fruit. I'm yes. going to make sure that I'm getting myself to the house of the Lord. I'm breaking open the word of God. And I'm allowing that uh, to work in my heart. I'm allowing the, the, the help and the worship of those in the church to, to be that environment that, that I grow healthy in. And I'm, I'm allowing the word of God to go forth in my life. And sometimes the word of God is... Uh, it, it comes across and it cuts our lives. And, and we don't like the way that we feel. And, and we react sometimes a little bit uh, controversially to, to the Word of God. And we say, I don't know if that was the right thing. And, and it's easy to kind of question the farmer when he takes the shears and begins to cut away at that tree. You can begin to say, well, does he know what he's doing? Like, that's going to really harm the tree. And there, there's, a, there's a process that farmers... Do it and working for a few years at Del Monte, learned a few things about just a few small things about farming and agriculture. They'll they'll take the the, the peach trees that are in the peach orchard and they'll they'll get this fancy tractor machinery type of equipment 
and they'll chop off the top of that peach tree so it's flat topped. You say, well, why would you do that? You're, you're, you're losing all of the, the different branches that could be bearing peaches and bearing fruit. And, and, and from education and learning about that process, they say if they, if they chop flat the top of that peach tree, it allows the sun to hit the inner part of the branches. And there's more peaches that could be on that tree than before. But it's easy to say, well, what are you doing? Uh, don't, don't talk to me like that. You know, that's going to hurt me. No, it's going to help somebody. Amen. The word of God that works in our lives and the preaching and the teaching that comes across. And we say, well, I don't know if that was the right thing to do. But if you allow the word of God to work in your life and you allow that constant process of pruning and cultivating and nourishing that seed in your life, eventually, eventually, They'll, you'll reach a point in the year where it's harvest time. And there's there's people, they, and, and they're walking with the Lord, and they've lived for God for any length of time, and they, they've been faithful to the things of God, and, and the preachers preach, and, and they've received the word, and they've shown up to prayer, and they've been uh, giving in their, and doing their part, and they're doing everything in their power to cultivate the seed that has been planted in their life. There, there's a time of harvest Amen. When God will bless the people of God and, and there'll be fruit on the tree and eventually we'll reach a place even in abundant life center as God works in your life, in my life, in, in every one of our lives where this building will be full of people and they will be the fruit on your tree because you said I allowed the word of God to work in my life and I stayed connected to the vine. I stay connected to the vine. Amen. None of this is possible if there is a disconnect with the vine. None of this is possible if you are disconnected from the Lord. There's a disconnect. And it's easy to hide for a period of time. I have a, a little vine I have in my backyard. And from time to time I'll go through and I'll cut all the excess branches and and you know with vines, there's so many vines going different directions. You don't even know which, if you're if there's a vine on the fence behind your house, you don't know if you're cutting that vine or your vine. There's just vines everywhere. There's branches everywhere. And I, I begin to cut that vine and kind of prune it. And I, I pulled off the, the branches I thought I had cut and were dead. And I thought I did a good job. And, and to the eye, it was a little bit deceiving. I thought, well, I got, I did my part. I cleaned it up. And I came back a few weeks later and I saw a branch that had died that I cut and didn't realize it was still on in that lattice that I had. Uh, it's easy to hide for a period of time. But eventually if you're disconnected and you're cut off from the vine, you're going to wither away. You're going to wither and die. There has to be connection that you and I keep, amen, to our Lord. Amen. There has to be constant connection, amen, to the Lord in our lives. And if there is, uh, if, if we are taking care of all of those things, the planting and the nourishing and the cultivating, and eventually we reach a place of harvest, there will also be another final step of reproducing. There will be seed that falls off from that tree into the ground. And there are certain types of plants that uh, you cut the branches and you don't pick up the the stuff that falls to the ground. Eventually, some of that will begin to sprout up and there will be seeds that come up from the ground. It begins to reproduce after its kind. It will begin to multiply. And there's there's invasive plants that uh, if, if you don't maintain them, they'll just take off and take over your whole yard. There's a reproducing that will happen. 
And when this process is active in our lives, we have a sense of accomplishment and fulfillment. There is a sense of uh, uh, pride in a good way that a person will have when they come to church and they brought their family with them. And they brought somebody with them. You've never seen a more proud Christian than when they're in church and they have someone right next to them. I, I invited this person to church. I brought them to church. You feel so good about yourself. And it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. Amen. It's important that it's important to understand that he is the vine and we are the branches. We are not asked to be the root or the trunk that supports the work of the spirit. This is the work of the vine. As branches, our responsibility is to bear the fruit of the Spirit, is to be that, that, uh, that vehicle for the Holy Ghost to work in our lives. Reproduce after your kind. Apple trees don't produce oranges. Grape trees don't produce, grape uh, vines don't produce figs. Pear trees don't produce peaches. They produce after their kind. And if we want to be a Holy Ghost filled church, if we want to be a holiness church, if, if we want to be a, a called out, a, a sanctified people, a church where the, the Spirit of God moves, then we have got to be that kind of a people that begin to reproduce. Amen. You can only reproduce after your kind. Amen. You can't come to church carnal and backslid and expect there to be a move of God. Amen. In your life. Amen. You've got to be the one that stays connected and saying, God, help me to reproduce after my kind, after what you put in my life. Amen. The fruit that we bear is to be consistent with the seed that is placed within us. We're not asked to create something new or unique. But we are to bear the fruit of what he already is in our life. And if he is in our lives, we're going to reflect him to the world. If he's in our lives, we're going to reflect him to the world. We are to bear his spirit, which was planted within us, which was put within us when we received the Holy Ghost. And it is the character of that spirit that is to be reproduced in our lives. It is to be reproduced in our lives. In other words, the Holy Ghost should stay stagnant in, our, in us. The Holy Ghost shouldn't be this stagnant uh, component in our lives that we never uh, we never get our hands in the ground and begin to work the soil. We never begin to uh, get down and, and dirty and begin to work and say, God, help me to cultivate the spirit of God that you put in my life. If you got the Holy Ghost one day, don't let it be a, just a landmark that you only look back to. But let it be something that you take with you and it's current in your life. And you say, God, it's not going to be just a reflection point in my past, but it's going to be something that stays with me, God. I'm going to make sure that I'm cultivating the seed of the word of God in my life. And when I go home on Monday or Tuesday, amen, I'm going to get my hands in that soil of my heart and I'm going to say, God, work me over again. Let the spirit of God work in my life. Help me to stay connected to the line. Help me to stay connected, God, to what you're doing and have the right soil, the right environment in my life that fosters healthy growth. Amen. Hallelujah. If all of your friends, if all of your friends are full of drama, if they're full of uh, folks that are just hooked on drugs and get high on weekends, and if they're hooked on just even not necessarily just those bad things, but if they're just if they're hooked to a lifestyle that is devoid of Christ, you may say, well, they're good people, but 
they don't have the Lord working in their lives. And in your world, it evolves around those type of people. That's the wrong soil in your life. Yeah. And, and the root that God wants to put in your life is not going to work well in that situation. Uh, and, and there's going to be some root rot that sets in. And, and there's going to be some shriveling up of that spiritual man or woman in your life. But when the soil surrounding the plant, surrounding the seed is healthy and it's vibrant and there's diversity in there. And the Spirit of God's moving. Amen. It's not long before you begin to settle in to your element and you begin to shine. Amen. You begin to find perfect alignment and God's hand is upon your life. That's what we've got to have in our lives. That's what we've got to have in our lives. Amen. The fruit. Not fruits, but the fruit of the Spirit. It's one fruit with different aspects. Amen. Just as a piece of fruit has different aspects, the seed, the flesh, the the peel, the stem. When all of the aspects are in order, then the fruit is available for its in to be used for its intended purpose. And talking about fruit quickly, the word fruit comes from the Greek word harpazo. This means to pluck or to take for oneself. It is an active uh, it is an active verb uh, that denotes action in a person's life. And there must be involvement that you and I take personal responsibility for that process in our lives. It is there for the taking. It is up to us to pluck it and to manifest in our lives. You've got to take an active role. You want to see fruit in your life. You can't just say, well, God put me in the church. So I'll just sit right here in this chair. And I'm just going to say, okay, God, you do the rest. Yes. There's got to be active work, amen, just like the garden that you have in your, in your yard, uh, the plants in your garden. There, there's active, you're actively monitoring the status of that plant and you're, you're watering it. You're, you're making sure it's in the right environment, the right setting, because you want that thing to be maximizing its potential. And how much more our lives, amen, I'm not just going to be placed in the right place. Amen, which is the house of the Lord. But I'm going to make sure that, uh, the, that I've received the preaching of the word and the environment around me is corrected. And I'm making sure that I'm exposed to the right elements in, the, in life so that I can be a fruitful tree. I can be a fruitful plant that brings in glory. Amen, that reflects his glory. And moving to the second part of this, this morning is that foundation that we must have as a church, as a body of Christ, love. Everything in the kingdom of God must begin with love. Everything in the kingdom of God must begin with love. It is, a, it is an act of love, amen, that Sister Didi does every Sunday morning. And many times, many times throughout the week. It's, a, it's an act of love. Getting in the van, the church van. Getting it warmed up, coming to church early, praying, going out to Stockton, picking up beautiful people like Sister Felicia and the kids and others here this morning. That's an act of love. It's only because of the love that God put in a person's life that they they can say, I can can give, I can love, uh, there can be an expression of love in my life. Amen. There has to be the foundational component of our lives. Love. A man by the name of Ralph Connor said, Love, you know, seeks to make 
happy rather than to be happy. Love seeks to make happy than to be happy. Another individual, R.H. Delaney, said, Love builds bridges where there are none. Love is a bridge builder. Amen. When there's nothing that you can possibly get in return. Amen. A true godly love says, I'm going to love you even if you never love me in return. That's why the scripture can say that Christ died for us in that while we were yet in sin, he loved us. In that while we were yet in sin, Christ died for us. When we were still living contrary to his word and we were still living a life, amen, that spit in the face of Jesus and plucked his beard, he could say, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. God, I love these people. And and even the people that pierced me in the side, even the people that put the crown of thorns upon my head, God, I, I love these people still. When there's no return and there's no reciprocation of love, amen, it's still the responsibility of the church to love. It's still the responsibility of the church to love. Of course, you learn it. Uh, you learn that, you know what, my time is valuable. And I'll, I'll, love, I'll love the taker. We, we've loved on the taker. We've had, we've had folks come into the church, and you can tell. this. And sometimes the, the distinguishing characteristic of a taker is they'll tell you, I'm not a taker. We had, we had a lady come, and she said, I'm not a taker. And you just, with the process of time, you find out she just never received. And Our responsibility is still to love. It's still to love. It's to plant that seed in their life and allow God to work in their life. Scripture teaches us that there are three different types of love. There's eros, which is the sensual love that's recognized in the stories of Adam and Eve and Jacob and Rachel, the Song of Solomon and various others throughout the Bible. And then there's a higher level of love, which is called phileo. This love refers to spontaneous natural affection. This is a love, this is a type of love a friend has for a friend. The church at Philadelphia had this type of love for the brethren. And uh, then there's a third type of love, which is a godly love. And it's called agape love. And this love is an affectionate and benevolent love. It is agape that Paul refers to in Galatians 5 and 22. It's the highest form of love. And it's a type of love that the Lord exemplified for us on Calvary. When he died for a lost and a dying world. And even when they spit him in the face and they, they pierced him in the side. And they, they mocked him and they ridiculed him. And they, and they, they covered his nakedness on the cross. He, he still could say, I love this group of people. So I'm going to tell you today, that's a hard thing to do for you and I. When someone slaps us in the face and spits on us. How can we possibly say, I still love this person. Unless get this the love of God that's working in our lives I'm going to tell this church the fruit of the spirit is love it has to be at the foundation of everything that we do the love of God the love of God the fruit of the spirit is love this is a love that goes beyond our love for God the fruit of the spirit is love that is a word that goes beyond just love for God You say, well, I'm exemplifying the fruit of the Spirit when I love the Lord. Not in its fullest extent. 
Amen. There, that is uh, referring to a love for other people. There's a natural love for other people that is uh, resulting from, amen, the Spirit of God working in a person's life. Jesus referred to an absence of this type of love in Matthew 24 and 12. He said, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. What's he saying? What's he, what does he mean when he says that? He is saying that when a person gives their life over to sin, when a person indulges himself in selfish and vain desires and they're giving themselves over to carnality and the things of this world are encapsulating that person's life and iniquity is abounding or sin, amen, the transgression of the law of God is rampant in a person's life. Their love is going to wax cold, amen. They're not going to be able to love the way that God wants them to love and that is why it is so vitally important for us as a church to live spirit-filled. It is vital for us to stay connected to the vine. Amen. And in that right environment because if God is working our lives and keeping us from living for self and keeping us living in iniquity, there can be a love that comes up in our lives. A love for those around us. Because we're not full of ourselves. We can love somebody else. When a person gives their life over to sin and iniquity, their love and concern for people becomes cold and distant. They, they don't know how to love because they're living in that lifestyle of sin and self-gratification. Jesus in John 13 and 35 told his disciples, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love to God, one to another. People are not going to know you're a disciple if you don't love each other. If we don't love each other. If they come into Abundant Life Center on Sunday morning and see a church that people are looking across the aisle with dirty looks and frowns and, oh, I can't believe they wore that outfit. I can't believe the way that they looked at me. And and if there's animosity in the church, they're going to say, well, they're not really disciples. But if they come to a church such as this one and they look across and they at offering time or uh, the, the meet and greet uh, after service or different parts of the service, and they see people hugging and loving and they, they feel the love of God. They're going to be, be able to recognize the people of God. That's a distinguishing mark of the people of God. All men shall know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. Our testimony and our witness are enhanced when we manifest love to each other. It affects your testimony and your witness when you love one another. When you love one another. And I'm thankful, amen, that we are a church that can love each other and can exemplify the love of God in this place. And John 15 and 12, as I'm coming to a close this morning, he further instructed the disciples by saying, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Can you imagine what a difference would be made in our lives, our families, and our churches, and our communities if we would love each other as he loved us? I have a long way to go. I'm not standing up here telling you I'm this perfect person and I have all these qualities and characteristics. I'm striving to get there. I'm aiming to get closer. Amen. But if we could ever get to a place where we love 
others the way that he loved us. It's a self-sacrificing love. It'll cause you again to get into a van on Sunday morning and drive all over Stockton. It'd be easy to sleep in. We all want to sleep in on Sunday mornings. You know, Saturday comes around and if you're like me, you'll, you'll actually get up early on Saturdays when you can sleep in because you want to get all of your stuff done. But then Sunday morning rolls around and while we got all that stuff done, it'd be nice to sleep in and kind of take our time a little bit. It, that self-sacrificing love. You know what? Someone's dependent upon me in the church this morning. If, if I can recognize and realize someone is depending upon me to get to where I need to be. Amen. That would help them to come out of their sin, to come out of the, the, the slavery that they're in. Amen. It is an, love is an active verb. It is a verb. It is action. It is showing. And when you have fully embraced the love of Christ, it will compel you to reach out in love. And my personal example is there's been many times where I go to prayer and seek in the face of God. And after a while speaking in tongues and God moving in my life and the the tears flowing down my, my face and and my heart. Uh, just beating for, for the Lord in that, that moment of intensity in an old-fashioned altar. I've gotten up. And the, the natural thing that begins to come from a person's life that has spent time in the presence of God. There's no enemies in the church. There's no enemies in the world. Everybody, hey, I love you. I know you backstabbed me yesterday, but I, I forgave you. I forgot about that. I love you so much. And you'll hug next. You'll shake hands. You'll forgive people of their offenses against you. When you truly get into the presence of God, there is a love that flows out of a person's life. And there's no offense you can have against somebody else because I left it at the altar. God took care of that offense in my life. And what you did, you know, you didn't mean to do that to me. I, I believe it was, you didn't realize it hurt me that bad. I forgive you. And let's just move forward in the Holy Ghost and the grace of God. You will actually feel that way. Right. You will actually get to a place where you say, you know what? Uh, what, uh, what happened before we got here? I, I'm just going to move that aside. I'm going to for, forgive and forget yes. about that. Uh, and I'm going to ask the Lord to give me strength. But I'm going to love you. I'm going to return love in your direction. That has to be the foundational thing in this church. It has to be a defining characteristic of this church. And I'm going to conclude with this. As we're talking about our purpose, bearing fruit in our foundation of love. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David. And he loved him as himself from that day According to 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 3, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return to his father's house. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. That scripture is found in 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 3. Uh, And in September of 1992, Jack Kelly, the foreign affairs editor for USA Today, witnessed firsthand the famine in Somalia. And one particular starving boy touched Uh, Jack Kelly, Uh, our photographer had a grapefruit which he gave to the boy. He's quoted as saying, the boy was so weak he didn't have the strength to hold the grapefruit. 
So we cut it in half and gave it to him. He picked it up and looked at us as if to say thanks and began to walk back towards his village. We walked behind him in a way that he couldn't see us. Uh, And when he entered the village, there on the ground was a little boy who I thought was dead. His eyes were completely glazed over and it turned out that that this was his younger brother. The older brother kneeled down next to his younger brother, bit off a piece of the grapefruit and chewed it. And then he opened up his younger brother's mouth and put the grapefruit in his mouth and worked his brother's jaw up and down to help him to digest and eat that food. We learned, he said later, that the older brother had been doing that for the younger brother for two weeks. A couple of days later, the older brother died of malnutrition and the younger brother lived. And this Jack Kelly said, uh, I remember driving home that night thinking, I wonder if this is what Jesus meant when he said there is no greater love than to lay down our life for somebody else. There is no greater love than to lay down our life for somebody else. That older brother taking that half of cutting grapefruit and putting it in his mouth, chewing it, uh, breaking it down, putting it in his younger brother's mouth and helping him to chew it so he could stay alive. And then the older brother dying later of malnutrition was a self-sacrificing love. Amen. I would to God that in this church this morning there could be somebody that gets a hold of their God in such a way this morning and gets filled with the Spirit to such a point that they say, I can do something for the world around me. I can love somebody else even at my own expense because I want to see there be fruit in my life and I want to see somebody else blessed because of my sacrifice and my commitment to the things of God today. Amen. This ought to be a place where there's people full. Amen. The Spirit of God that know how to love and know how to sacrifice for the good of somebody else today. Hallelujah. Why don't we stand to our feet in this place and why don't we lift up our hands? Amen. Why don't we just give Him glory and worship and honor today? Amen. Let's just take a few moments and let's talk to the Lord today. Hallelujah. God, I'm asking you right now in this place. I'm praying, Lord, that you would touch the heart of every saint of God, every child of God in this place. God, as we conclude the teaching portion of this service this morning, God, I pray that somewhere down the line in our lives there would be a group of people that get in the Spirit, that get full of the Holy Ghost and say, God, I'm going to stay connected to the vine. I'm going to bear forth fruit in my life and I'm going to love somebody else today. Not tomorrow, not next year, but I'm going to love somebody today. Amen. To the extent that it hurts me, that I can forgive others, that I can help somebody to go forward. I'm going to be a blessing to my world. I'm going to be a blessing to my church. I'm going to be a blessing this Thanksgiving week, God. I want to be a blessing to my world. I want you to help us, God, to bear forth fruit today. Jesus, I want you to help us to bear forth fruit. Fill us with your spirit today. Come on, let's take a couple of moments this morning and let's just talk to the Lord. Lord, we love you today. We worship you. 
we magnify you today, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, you would call us, you would speak to us, you would disturb us, God. Don't let us go down the road of life without ever impacting and affecting the world around us. Don't let us skirt through the church without actually being connected. Don't let us just be wrapped up in the church and not connected to the line. God, work in our lives. Receive glory from our lives. Receive glory and honor from our lives today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We bless the Lord today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. As we enter into the Thanksgiving week, amen. Maybe there's something you can do this week to be a blessing to somebody else. Maybe there's something we can do to be a blessing to some other family in our community that can never repay you, that can never give back to you. Maybe there's something we can do, amen, as a body of Christ, to say, God, use me. Help me to be a blessing to somebody else. Amen. God bless you. Amen. The kids can be picked up from Sunday school. Amen. Take a few moments and greet your neighbor. Amen. We're going to start up here in a couple of minutes. God bless you.